We're going to continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And today I'm very excited to share that we're starting our new summer rhythm and our new uh, sermon series on the book of Psalms. During the summer, we usually change up our pace here at Imago just a little bit uh, throughout June, July, and August, where we go beyond just the standard format of listening to a sermon and a message. And instead, we take time to go deeper and engage and respond to the Word of God together as a community by engaging and going deeper. We take time to sharpen one another and build each other up as a church community. And um, I'm today going to share just an introduction to the Psalms on how to read the Psalms and how to engage with and meditate and reflect on the Psalms. And that's going to be our focus throughout the whole month of June to find our rest and our peace in God's word through the Psalms learning to read the Psalms, pray the Psalms, and live the Psalms as God's people. So that's what we're going to be doing throughout the next four weeks together. And today we're going to be reflecting on Psalm 13. So you can go ahead and open it up in your Bibles, and we'll be getting to it soon later on in this message. And we will take time to meditate and reflect on it. And each week during this season, too, as we're in this series on the book of Psalms, we're going to have a special poem or a special song during our time in God's Word together. And then we'll conclude by just praying and, and then uh, finishing up our time together in worship. So in order to really understand what the book of Psalms is about— and why it's so important in the story of the Bible, why it is that the Psalms are really right smack in the middle of the Bible. If you have a physical Bible with you, you can most likely just open it up right to the middle, and you're more likely than not going to land on a Psalm. The book of Psalms is the book in the Bible with the most chapters. There are 150 chapters in the book of Psalms. And we see that right smack in the middle of the Bible, we find the heart of God. At the heart of the Bible, we can see the heart of God in the Psalms. So in order to understand what the Psalms are, it's going to be important to really understand the place of the Psalms within the Bible. So to understand that, we need to ask ourselves, what exactly is the Bible? And how do we engage with this written word of God? So just to respond to that question briefly, what is the Bible? Well, the Bible is God's book, is God's written word that points to salvation in Jesus Christ. The Bible is God's book that points to Jesus Christ. And in fact, Scripture invites us to see the grand story in the Scriptures, the story of stories where each one of us finds ourselves and our own story. In fact, the scriptures invites us to know who we are, to find our identity and our purpose. And in this magnificent story of God's word, of the Bible, it tells us who we are by pointing to whose we are. We, as people created in the image of God, we are a part of creation. And the only way we can um, align ourselves with God's heart and know our true identity and our true purpose as creation, the only way we can know that is if we connect 
with our Creator. And that's what the Bible allows us to do, to connect with the heart and the mind of God. And in fact, the Bible, many of us carry it around, right, as just one book. But the Bible is not just one book. In fact, the Bible is more like a library than it is just one big book. It's a library of 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament. And how is the Bible organized a bit? Well, in the Old Testament, we see the promises of God to God's people and the promises of God before Jesus Christ came into the world. And then in the New Testament, we see the fulfillment of God's promises after Jesus Christ entered into the world to save us through his life, death, and resurrection. So to understand that simply, whenever we refer to the Old Testament, we're referring to the time before Jesus, and the New Testament is after Jesus. And really, the Bible tells us the story of God and humanity. It actually witnesses to where God's story and our story meet together in some kind of beautiful collision where there is this encounter and God does something new. God is able to bring forth a new creation. And in fact, the Bible points to good news. The Bible points to the gospel it points to the story of how God loved and saved humankind. In fact, the Bible, God's written word, is not just a collection of, you know, just a bunch of random stories or unrelated moralistic tales, nor is the Bible just some kind of history lesson. But in fact, the story of the Bible tells a living and active story that is still happening here and now. And each one of us has an opportunity to take part in the story, to take part in the adventure. It reminds me of when I was younger, I used to love reading those choose-your-own-adventure books. And in fact, my oldest son, he's learning to read now, and he's, he's becoming aware of those kinds of books, the kinds that say at the opening page, if you choose to enter into that place, then turn to page 50. But if you don't, turn to page 70. Those choose-your-own-adventure books. Well, the Bible is even more uh, unique than that where the Bible is not just a choose-your-own-adventure, but the Bible is actually an invitation into the adventure, into experiencing God's reality here and now. I love the way that one of my favorite writers, Warren Wiersbe, um, in his book on being a servant of God, he talks about what it means to engage the Word of God. And he says this. He says, The Word of God reveals the God of the Word. We do not only read the Bible to mark precious promises, although there are hundreds of precious promises in the scriptures, nor do we only read the Bible to understand biblical doctrine, although doctrine is absolutely essential. But this is the purpose of engaging with the Bible. We read the Bible to get to know the heart and the mind of God. We read the Bible to get to know the heart and the mind of God. Because the better that we know God, 
the better that we can enjoy God and serve God. The Bible, God's Word, is a living link between us and the living God. A link between creation and creator. And in fact, the Bible, God's Word, is a gift. It's God's gift to us. It's a physical gift that we get to hold, that we get to that we get to use as a lamp on our feet to guide us, a physical gift that connects us to the living God. And in fact, we know that different kinds of books are written with different kinds of styles. So that means, depending on the kind of book, then the style that a book is written, it has a particular purpose. It has a literary style. And the Bible does have a literary style also, and the book of Psalms in particular. So different literary styles that exist, you know this already. There are books that are fictional, those that are non-fictional, those that are biography, those that serve other purposes as well. But the Bible, and especially the book of Psalms, does have a very specific kind of literary style. And that literary style is actually called ancient Jewish meditative literature. So ancient Jewish meditative literature, that is the style in which the Bible is written. So this style of writing, Jewish meditative literature, that's different than other styles of writing. That's different than a math book or a textbook or an instructional manual. You know, when you're trying to put together a piece of furniture, you get the instruction manual that says, you know, connect this screw to this piece. That is different than the style in which the Bible is written. The Bible is written in the style of ancient Jewish meditative literature. So the Bible is not just a history lesson. It's not just a bunch of random stories, but the end goal of the way in which the Bible is written, the end goal of this style of writing of ancient Jewish meditative literature, the end goal is closeness. Closeness to God through faith and through trust. So when we engage with the Bible, may our hearts and minds be opened to that end goal. Not just information, but closeness. Not just inspiration, but intimacy. In fact, the point of the Bible is not just going to be that. Not just information, not just inspiration, but the purpose and the point of the Bible and engaging God's Word is going to be transformation. Our minds, our hearts, our lives are transformed when we engage with the Word of God, when we meditate on it, when we reflect on it. The Bible is the written Word of God that serves as that link between us and God. So as we meditate on His Word, God transforms us and makes us new. He gives us new hearts, He gives us new minds, and He gives us new thoughts. So how? How exactly does God do this? Maybe you're asking that at home. 
Maybe you're saying, Pastor Carlos, that sounds really interesting, but how in the world does that work? How through engaging with the Word of God, through drawing close to God, through His Word, how do we get new hearts, new minds, and new thoughts? Well, the book of Psalms tells us how exactly this works and how it happens. So you can turn with me to Psalm chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. And we're going to see how, just from right in the very beginning, the Psalms already invite us into this closeness and intimacy with the living God. And it says this, Psalm chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law, or who meditates on his word day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, Whatever they do prospers. Wow. So according to Psalm 1 here, we see a response to that question. How does transformation happen? According to this psalm, transformation happens through meditating on the word of God. Day and night, it says that there. I meditate on your law. I meditate on your word day and night. Meditating on the word of God connects us to the heart and the mind of the living God. So what exactly does this mean? And how do we even do this? Well, I have good news for us. We all know how to meditate. We all know how to reflect in fact, meditation and reflection, and the one we're talking about here in the scriptures and in the psalm, I want us to get rid of some of our old ideas of meditation. Meditation does not just simply mean, or reflection does not just simply mean crossing our fingers or, you know, crossing our legs and then uh, levitating up in the air. No, that's not what we're talking about here. But meditating on God's word, as it says here in the scripture, Meditating simply means focused thinking. Meditating means focused thinking. That means that each and every one of us has the capacity to focus our thinking. And in fact, I'm sure that everyone here knows how to meditate according to this definition of focused thinking. You know how I know? Well, let me ask you this question. Have you ever worried about anything? Have you ever had something that's just worried you and kept you up at night? A worry about yourself, about your finances, about your family, about your future? Well, if you've ever worried, then that means that you know how to focus your thinking. That means you know how to meditate. 
Some of us are experts at worrying. So that means we're experts at meditating. But the Psalms invite us to actually refocus our thinking, to refocus our reflections. And the Psalms invite us to do something new, maybe something that neither one of us has ever thought of before. The Psalms invite us as we draw near to God and to his heart to instead of worry, the Psalms invite us to pray. Instead of filling our minds with just anxious thoughts, the Psalms invite us to praise. Instead of giving into hopelessness, the Psalms invite us to trust. The Psalms are God's invitation to refocused thinking. And refocused thinking is exactly what Psalm 1 is talking about there. To meditate on his law, to meditate on his word day and night. And why this is so important. The reason it's so important is because refocused thinking leads to renewed living. If we want to see transformation in our lives, it must begin with our thinking. And we're going to take an opportunity in just a minute to refocus our thinking together as a church community by opening up Psalm 13. And we're going to read it together and reflect and meditate on it. And then we'll pray together. But before we do that, I want to invite us to just take a moment and catch up with this uh, video like we've been doing the past few weeks on uh, the Bible Project video on how to read the Psalms. And then we'll come right back together. We've been talking about poetry in the Bible, how biblical poets love design and masterfully use metaphor and symbolism. These poems invite us into an experience to ponder ideas slowly and from many angles. And the largest collection of poetry in the Bible is the book of Psalms. So that's what we're going to look at here. Now, the Israelites composed lots of poetry throughout their history. Yeah, poems were written by Israelite sages, kings, and prophets. Some poems were sung by choirs in the Jerusalem temple, while others were prayed by families at home. And over the centuries, the most important and widely read poems were compiled together to be read or sung on special occasions. And I'm familiar with books of poetry, a large collection of the greatest poems in one place, and I can read through and pick my favorites. But the Book of Psalms isn't that kind of collection. Here, each poem has been expertly crafted and then placed where it is for a reason, to create a storyline from the book's beginning to its end. The Psalms poetically retell the entire biblical story, and they invite you into a literary temple. A literary temple? Yeah, so the tabernacle and then later the temple in Jerusalem were where ancient Israelites went to meet with God. When you arrived, you would see art and imagery everywhere. You'd see priests performing rituals. You'd hear songs and prayers, all of it symbolically proclaiming that your God rules the world from this mountain and you're in his living room. So the temple was a place to be in God's presence and also to immerse yourself in the story of God's kingdom. Exactly. And so try to imagine how traumatic it was when the Babylonians invaded Jerusalem, plundered and burned the temple, and then took many Israelites into exile. Yeah, where can they go now to meet with God, to sing their story and say their prayers? That's where the book of Psalms comes in. It's a prayer book for exiles designed as a virtual temple. 
You enter the Psalms to meet with God and to hear the entire biblical story of God's kingdom sung back to you in poetry. Cool, but how does the Psalms do it? Let's start with the book's design. There are 150 poems broken up into five clear sections. At the beginning, there's been placed a short introduction, Psalms 1 and 2, which lay out the main themes of the whole book by reviewing the biblical storyline. Okay. Psalm 1 looks back to the Garden of Eden and its river of life. Yeah, God placed humanity in a garden temple. And here, humans decide to define good and evil on their own terms and so are exiled from the garden. But the first psalm paints a portrait of hope about an upright human who delights in God's wisdom, which is called Torah or instruction. This person is like the tree of life in the garden temple. They eternally blossom because they're planted in the river of God's life. Yeah, that's beautiful. But who's it supposed to be? Well, remember that story in Genesis? After humanity's foolish rebellion, God made a promise. Oh, right. A future human. The seed of the woman who would come and defeat evil and restore the world. And that's what Psalm 2 is about. What an incredible video is helping us understand how to engage with and how to read the Psalms. Just as the Bible is organized in a particular way, the Psalms are also organized in a particular way. And one of the ways that the Psalms are organized are actually through what are called Psalms of Orientation and Psalms of Disorientation. Psalms of Orientation are those Psalms that we read where we can pray and lift up songs and praises to God when we give Him praise for things because they are going along as they should be. But then Psalms of Disorientation are when things are not as they should be, and yet we continue to sing praises to God. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I got a call from a very good friend of mine who's been a dear friend and mentor to me for many years, and it's usually me that calls him to be able to check in or get advice or to just get some prayer. But this time, this friend of mine, he just called me because he was in a season and stage of disorientation. And he just called me up and, you know, we didn't even talk that much longer. We just needed to touch base and pray. But he simply said, you know what, Carlos, what is going on? What is going on in the world? What's going on in my life? What's going on all around us? I have no idea what is going on. I know I've asked myself that question even during this season and throughout my life at different points. And if you've ever done the same, if we've ever felt that cry of what is going on, what in the world is going on, I want you to know that those words that are cried out to God, that are prayed out to God, when we have those what is going on moments, we are experiencing disorientation. And the Psalms invite us to pray into our disorientation to praise in the midst of our disorientation. When things are not as they should be, yet we place our trust in our God in every single season. In the highs and in the lows, in the times of orientation and the times of disorientation as well. 
we sing praises to our God. We see here in this passage a number of different things. And right at home, right where you are, I really want to invite you to really just to ask yourself, what does this psalm here say about God? What does it say about people as well? And so we're all going to have the opportunity to look into that together. What is God inviting us into? How is he inviting us to draw nearer, to draw closer to him? So that's going, that's going to be everyone's uh, homework assignment this week. Read through Psalm 13 and ask yourself, what does it say about God? What does it say about people? And what is God inviting us into in this season? So we're going to take an opportunity right now to just learn how to do that, how to focus our thinking, to pray and reflect and meditate on God's word on Psalm chapter 13. So I'm going to invite us to go ahead and open up uh, Psalm 13, verses 1 to 6, and I will go ahead and read it for us this morning. And you can read it right where you are at home as well. Psalm 13, beginning at verse 1. That's here now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. How long, Lord... How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Amen. We had an opportunity this week to have time in our midweek prayer and devotion and one of the folks from our church actually mentioned how in reading this psalm they're reminded that in all seasons we can worship. Refocused thinking calls us to that. To remember that in all seasons, we can worship. And that in the midst of crisis, we can hold on to God's goodness. Because even when everything surround us, because even when everything surrounding us seems so bad, not just even when, but especially when everything around us seems so bad. God is good. That's what Psalm 13 reminds us of. To refocus our thinking. To remember 
that even when everything around us seems so bad and when we have these what is going on moments, God is good. God is with us. God is faithful. And he will continue to be God in the high seasons and in the low seasons, in the joys and in the pains. He is God. What about for you? Right where you're at home, you can go ahead and and pray this psalm. You can go ahead and even read it out loud as well and reflect on this question. What does this psalm say about God? What does this psalm say about people? And how is this psalm calling us to refocus our thinking? How does it call us to renew our lives? So as a church community, we're going to take a moment to simply do that. To pray, meditate, reflect on God's precious word, on Psalm 13. And then I'll read it for us one more time. And then we will conclude in prayer. Psalm 13, verse 1. How long, Lord, how long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. We sing the Lord's praises in every season because he has been good to us. When everything around us seems so bad, God is good. We see here in the Psalms, in the heart of God, that at the heart of the Bible is the book of Psalms and at the heart of the Psalms is worship. At the heart of the Psalms is, our, is worship and praise and different ways to be able to, to pray as well. And throughout these next few weeks, we're going to have opportunities to have special opportunities to, um, to engage in our praise and our worship. So go ahead and take a moment to uh, listen to this song, 
by our worship team and take the moment to just pray. Just receive. Just sit right where you are or stand or as the Holy Spirit moves you and just simply receive this moment of praise.
we lift up our worship and we see that modeled in the Psalms. The Psalms are prayers. The Psalms are praises in every single season. Through the month of June, we're going to continue to be reflecting and meditating on the Psalms together. And I want to invite you right at home where you are to make that part of your daily prayer routine. Just pray a Psalm each day. There's the days of the rest of the month and you can just begin in Psalm 1 and read through the rest of this month and the rest of this time that we're together in worship reflecting on the Psalms. I know through different apps you can hear the audio out loud or read it in your quiet time as well. But as we conclude our time, that's just going to be the invitation. That's the invitation from the Psalms to draw near, to draw close to the living God, to the heart and the mind of God. So as a church community, let's, let's conclude. Let's pray together. Lord God, as your people, we offer you our sacrifice of prayer and worship, Lord, and we thank you that we, we see in the Psalms every single human emotion, every single human experience that we can think of, Lord. And we see that your faithfulness is just evident in every single verse, in every single chapter. Lord, we've been able to feed on your precious word. And I pray, God, that you would forgive us when we try to, um, to just conform to information or just conform to just brief inspiration. But you, what you call us to, Lord, is to closeness and to transformation. Transform minds, transform hearts, transform lives. And this month, as we dive deep, into your heart in the Psalms, Lord. I just pray that you would do something new in each and every one of us, Lord, as a church, as the families represented here, Lord, and as individuals as well. As we continue in worship and continue to lift up and close out with praise, may we experience your presence and your power 